and welcome back to the Saints Radio podcast where we encourage saints to press on to maturity. And today, well, and every day, my name is R.C. This is Bridget. This is Allison. This is Tyrone. This is Carrie. And this is Andrew. And again, welcome back. We have a very special episode because every episode is special here on To the Saints. <laughs> and today is an interview with a special guest, <laughs> uh, Frank Viola, Brother Frank. Hello, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Awesome. Good morning. And yes, well, a lot of you, if you've been listening to the podcast at all, uh, hear us mention Frank and his ministry uh, many times throughout mm-hmm. our podcast episodes. And... Um, his ministry has really impacted all six of us yes. uh, throughout the years, and um, we're really, really glad that he, you, Frank, are joining us this morning for this interview. We're going to talk to you today about your latest book, which is called Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And now, Frank, um, he has written a plethora of books, and uh, so, Brother Frank, our quest- first question to you is this. How is this latest one, Insurgents, different from all your other books? Good question. Good question. It's it's, uh, it's different. Uh, Yeah, I wonder what wise person gave you that question. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's different in a number of ways. Um, Most all of my work either deals with Christ or the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and in, in looking at both through a different vantage point than what we're typically used to, so the books tend to um, challenge the status quo, tend to bring out insights that are often missed or neglected. Uh, but this book is different in that while I do talk about the Lord Jesus and I do certainly talk about the body of Christ, it's different in that, uh, for the first time, I do an extensive look at the kingdom of God, which I've not done yet. Mm-hmm. And you'll find the you'll find the theme of the kingdom uh, sprinkled throughout my other books, but nothing comprehensive, nothing in depth. And so, this book is an in depth look at not only the kingdom of God, but specifically what we find in our New Testament, this phrase, the gospel of the kingdom. Yes. And so, so that's one way that the book is different. The content is different. The other way the book is different is that it's organized uniquely. Uh, most of my books have, I, I probably would say all of my books have a, the typical format where you know, a chapter is going to be anywhere from five to 20 pages long. Mm-hmm. This book is different in that every chapter is between one and three pages long. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are, you know, a, a little more than a paragraph or two. Uh, and that was intentional because I wanted the book to be easily digested. We live in a, a world where texting is popular, blogs are popular. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to write a book that... Uh, that an 18-year-old high school kid could read and understand as well as <clears throat> as well as a theologian or a scholar benefit from because it, there is meat in this book it's it's there's a lot of depth to it mm-hmm. yet right. it's easy to read very easy to read uh, and the other right. thing I think makes it different too is that 
there's a taking action section after each part of the book. There's six parts to the book. And so what I'm trying to do is not just give the reader uh, a message that will pierce their heart and enlighten the mind, but I want them to walk it out in shoe leather. So I give them practical steps, uh, how to take action on the message of the book so that it will become uh, a living message, mm -hmm. not just something that, you know, they highlight and throw in their bookshelf. So, yeah. so yeah. that's how it's different. And I, and I think it's, you know, in that respect, it, it is very unique to the other work I've done. Absolutely. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. Um, so Frank, how does Insurgents differ? We've talked about how it differs from your previous work, but how does it differ from other books on the kingdom of God that are in print? Another fine question, Bridget. <laughs> Brilliant question. I got really impressed. Two for two. We're doing great. <laughs> uh, inside joke, folks. You probably can pick it up. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, th this is interesting because I basically write the book that I myself want to read, but I mm -hmm. can't find anywhere else. Yeah. So the first thing I do before I, I even consider writing a book is I see if it's already written. Because if someone else has written the book I want to write, why add to the, the pile of dizzying uh, books that you know mm -hmm. the dizzying array of books that we see all the time, uh, and that uh, that are everywhere, uh, mm -hmm. and that just clutter the market, which is an unfortunate thing. So, so I, I did a lot of research to see if what I had envisioned, what I wanted to say was already in print and i found that it wasn't now there are many books on the kingdom of god uh that have been written over say the last 50 years and um i would say that not one of them did everything i wanted this book to do mm -hmm. so for example <clears throat> to be specific um i wanted a book that presented the kingdom of god from genesis to revelation uh, comprehensively with the focus on the gospel of the kingdom. And, and I found that there's lots of books on the kingdom of God, but there's very few on the gospel of the kingdom. Okay. Um, and usually uh, the ones that I've gotten a hold of that, that focused on the gospel of the kingdom, uh, with the exception of about one that I can think of, um, they just went down a rabbit trail that I just, I, I just didn't even, uh, understand it, it it wasn't anything i saw in the new testament um when you look at all the data so so i felt like a book that covered the gospel of the kingdom from genesis to revelation was needed secondly most of those books either had an agenda that pushed toward the progressive left or the conservative right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know you could see that agenda coming through uh the book here and there there was some political agenda yeah. uh, either left or right and, and of course we live in a time right now where tension is at high tide uh, between Christians on the left and Christians on the right and, you know it's gotten to the point where it's gotten to the ridiculous where Christians yeah. you know, block one another on yeah, the right. media they yeah. communicate either they it's it's it's, um, it's reflecting what's in the world system because that's yes. what you have in the world so, um, and then I wanted a book on the kingdom to be 
highly accessible and super easy to read. And most of the books on the kingdom uh, that really had depth to them, they were just uh, incomprehensible. I mean, mm-hmm. you had, to, <laughs> you know, I, I would get just as much out of it by turning it upside down and reading it. <laughs> uh, you have to have an IQ of 200 to actually figure out what these people are saying. So <laughs> I wanted to make it easy <laughs> uh, to write for the common person. Um, nice. And then, and then the other thing that, that, makes this unique from other books again is the practical exercises that navigate readers to implement the message of the book how to implement it into their lives and mm-hmm. again i did not find any other book that did that the other, the other thing as well is usually books on the kingdom of god take one aspect of the kingdom right mm-hmm. so they'll take you know the economics of the kingdom or they'll take the authority of the kingdom or they'll take signs and wonders that are related to the kingdom and and that's the thing that they push through the whole book and so i wanted to i wanted to write a book that covered every aspect of it every angle of it so that nothing was left out and that was my attempt to do to do that that was my attempt in writing and then also to give an update on the present insurgents what i call the insurgents that's sweeping the world because the book is not just written in a vacuum um, there's something happening right now on the ground in the body mm-hmm. of Christ. So I wanted to speak to that as well. Uh, so, yeah, those I, I would say those are the main things that make it different from most of the books, probably all the books that are on the kingdom of God today. Nice. I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Frank, you mentioned the gospel of the kingdom, which is a good segue to this next question. Talk about the different Gospels that are being taught today, which you argue are substitutes for the Gospel of the Kingdom. Yes. Well, let's see. I'll break this up into two parts. Um, The first part would have to do maybe with uh, the Gospel as we understand it in in terms of salvation. Um, So from that vantage point, we have uh, the Gospel of of legalism, what I call the gospel of legalism, which basically mm-hmm. uh, says that we're saved by grace, but we maintain God's favor. Um, we make God uh, happy. We we please Him um, by by performance, and usually performance to certain um, expectations. I call it the Christian expectation, uh, which. Well, oftentimes is, is are things that go way beyond what the Bible teaches, right? So, yeah. yep. you know, you have to pray every day. You have to read your Bible every day. You've got to witness to somebody about Jesus, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you, right. you don't find those particular, those specific commands, right. you know, daily do this, this, and this, um, and, and a host of other things. And so legalism, the gospel of legalism says, yeah, you get in by grace, but you, you maintain it by doing good works, particularly keeping the Christian expectation. And what this produces is a great deal of guilt among Christians. They feel like they're never never doing enough. They're always falling short. There's a sense of unworthiness that they carry around constantly, a, a sense of condemnation that that doesn't leave them. Yeah. Uh, and, and what oftentimes happens is because they're dealing with all of that, then they think to themselves, well, may, it's not working for me. I'm not being, you know, the best Christian, but 
it's got to work for other people. So now I'm going to judge other people that I see who aren't fulfilling the Christian expectations. So legalists become judges. Mm -hmm. And and that's the spirit of Phariseeism. So so that's that's the first gospel, the gospel of legalism. and, And that is pervasive in the Christian faith today. Pervasive. Um, typically, if you hear a sermon by a preacher, I would say it'd be running around 98% or more. But if you peel back the onion of that sermon and get to the main point, it's this God's holy or not, try harder. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a nutshell. All right. So then, in reaction to that, you have what I call the gospel of libertinism. And that's the reaction to the gospel of legalism, and it is very popular today among certain circles and among Mm -hmm. certain Bible teachers, and that's the idea that says, well, you know what, we're under grace, and we're in Christ, and because we're under grace, meaning the Christian, um, and because you've believed in Jesus, you've trusted in him, and now you're in Christ, it doesn't really matter what you do. Because God understands your frailty, and his grace covers everything, and so consequently, conviction or, or the, the conscience being pricked um, when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something in one's life and their conscience is awakened, that is seen as a bad feeling that we should resist. Uh, you know, yeah. Because we're not, we're not to feel bad. We're in Christ. We're under grace. And this gospel of libertinism produces um, a worldliness in the, in the life of the believer that's tolerated and even justified, carnality, fleshliness. Mm-hmm. And in effect, people who have imbibed this gospel of libertinism live no different from people in the world who do not know Jesus Christ live. And yet it's rationalized under grace, God understands and so forth. Some people have called it hyper grace. <clears throat> I don't particularly like that term, but um, Jude in in the New Testament refers to it as with these words. He says they have turned the grace of God into license or lasciviousness. You know, yes. it's, it's license to sin because I have grace. Mm. Uh, and so that's the other the other aspect of it. And interestingly enough, many Christians who are on the conservative right have imbibed and, and and preached the gospel of legalism, where many Christians on the progressive left have imbibed and preached the gospel of libertinism. And, and we have the gospel of the kingdom that was uh, preached by John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, uh, Simon Peter, Paul Tarsus, and all the other apostles. Uh, and that that is that is a message that is so powerful and it's not it's not one where it's in the middle of the two gospels i just talked about it transcends them both it's on a totally different plane and nice. it produces us a, a radical allegiance to the lordship of jesus christ that's not um, motivated by guilt or condemnation or fear which legalism you know is is characterized by Yes. And it produces a, a liberty of the spirit that is true freedom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it brings the gospel of the kingdom when it's rightly preached and received. It produces 
what the gospel of libertinism is mimicking and counterfeiting right. as well as what the gospel of legalism is trying to produce. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't quite get there. So, so from the salvation aspect of it, those are the two uh, counterfeit gospels. Then we have another way of looking at this, and I would say, um, how, how would I put this? Um, the the mission. Okay, so we can look at the kingdom through the lens of the mission. What is the mission? So, so there are some segments of the body of Christ that believe that what the the kingdom of God is all about is making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And so many people who are part of the progressive left uh, have, have accepted this. And so they're, they're trying to use um, the political power and social power and peer pressure to make the world a better place. And so social activism is a big part of this, getting involved in uh, groups that stand for justice, and so the whole concept is we we build the kingdom on earth mm-hmm. and we build it through leveraging political and social power. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other idea that says, well, no, the kingdom of God is not about this world at all. It's not about this earth. It's about the afterlife. And so the kingdom of God really is about entering into eternal life. So consequently, this particular viewpoint says that the name of the game is to try to prepare people in the on the earth, people in the world, for the afterlife. So we're trying mm-hmm. to evangelize to get them ready to go to heaven, and uh, and this is very popular in the conservative right. So, so you have those two gospels um, and those two messages. What is the mission? Is it to build a a, a wonderful world, uh, you know, where there's peace and justice and equality and love and harmony or is it you know to go to heaven um and so again you know i take dead aim at both of those views and i say that that's not what the new testament teaches neither of them right is what we see in the new testament that the gospel the kingdom and the kingdom of god it's already but not yet and it's not about making the world a better place it's Mm -hmm. about creating a better place in a dark and fallen world yes mm-hmm. and that yes. get into right. this idea of the ecclesia of god the kingdom community which is to embody what the whole world is looking for peace yeah. justice racial equality financial equality love caring for each other uh, and that and that is the great call of god and so what i see happening in this world is and this is true of both the conservative right and the progressive left is they're trying to leverage political and social power to try to make the world a better place and giving very little time because it takes a lot of time and effort to be the better place communally as a community mm-hmm. where in the city in which they live where all these things are taking place right and i shout from old testament to new testament that that's exactly what god had in mind from the beginning that's why he created israel to be a new nation uh, his nation, his possession, that would show the world around it what it looked like when God was king, when God was in charge, when he was calling the shots. And as a result, it would certainly spill over to the surrounding world. But the objective was not to change the world. It was to be a different world, a different civilization. Nice. Amid civilization. See, so 
So that's really where I go with the book, and I give practical steps on how to do that. So, yeah. Well, speaking of practical steps, you have a taking action in the last part of the book, in the fourth part. Mm-hmm. And one of the suggestions you give is to form a kingdom cell. And we were wanting to know, in your own words, um, what? How do you? What do you mean when you say kingdom cell? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, let me see where this is in the book here. It'd be good if I read my own books, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, that was a joke, folks. Right? Yeah. That was a joke. Okay, so basically. You know, I use the term radicalization in the book to to take a term that we usually think of as relating to terrorist groups, and we say, oh, yes, that person has been radicalized, meaning that they have become an extremist. They've given their body, soul, mind, heart to a cause. Mm-hmm. And they think very differently now from <clears throat> from most people. Uh, and we can't even hardly understand why they think the way they do. And they'll give their own life to their cause. Well, I basically redeemed, redeem and reframe that word radicalization. And I point out that in the first century, when you came to Jesus Christ and you were baptized, you were being radicalized oh, yeah. to a brand new civilization called <laughs> right. the kingdom right. of God. Yes. And that's the true radicalization. Well, in radical groups, terrorist groups, going back to the image, they have something called sleeper cells. And these are um, active, visible, engaged groups of people that are, in effect, hidden and waiting Mm -hmm. for the next time a terrorist attack (laughs) Mm -hmm. strikes. And then they rise up and they begin to become active. Mm-hmm. And the concept is that they are cells, uh, sleeper cells. And so I take that metaphor and I use it to describe um, how God's people can form kingdom cells. These are people who are radicalized to Jesus Christ. They've joined the insurgents, to use the, the language of the book. And now they're finding one another. And here, here's the thing. We're living in a time where it's very, very difficult to find uh, an ecclesia the way I've described in the book. Very mm-hmm. hard to find. Okay. Sure. Right? It, yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> it does exist, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, but, but Christians can find one or two, usually, mm-hmm. right. people mm-hmm. who are radicalized or who are in the process of being radicalized. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote the book is not just to present this message, but it's, it's a tool to use to bring others into the insurgents, to, to, to hand this to somebody and say, read this, and if their heart is open and they're, they're ripe and, and plowed and ready, they'll mm-hmm. receive that book, and they too will be radicalized to Jesus Christ because of the message, not because I wrote the book or my mm-hmm. words, but because of the powerful message, right. the incredible mm-hmm. message of the gospel of the kingdom yes. that's contained in the book. And so... A kingdom cell is a group of two, three, or four, typically. All you need is two. You can go up to four, five, six. And these are people who gather together on a regular basis. Uh, It could be weekly. It could be more than weekly. It could be monthly. Sometimes there are Christians who are looking for others of like mind and like heart. They can't find anybody except one person that lives 
uh, two hours away. So mm-hmm. then they, they can meet, you know, once a month, maybe twice a month and just drive halfway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do that myself. I have people who I meet with regularly and we drive halfway, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so so it can be done if you really want it, want it to be done. And so in the right. book, I describe what the kingdom, some suggestions of what a kingdom cell can do. Also on my blog, frankviola.org, if you if you do a search there, you will find a, a blog post I wrote recently called How to Form a Kingdom Cell in Your Own City. And I give practical suggestions on how to find other people who would be interested in being part of a kingdom cell. Now, kingdom cells can turn into something more comprehensive and more robust and, and um, you know, larger, etc. But I think this is a good place to begin. Mm-hmm. And so my vision for the book is not only that those who have been impacted by it will share it with others, will tell others about it. I mean, that's how word spreads about any book or any message. And then from there, begin to be intentional because it does require intentionality yes, to, yes. to, to, to connect with other people and forming a kingdom cell. Yeah. Nice. And we'll make sure we'll, we'll actually put a link to that blog post um, yeah. in the notes um, of this podcast. Yes. Seven suggestions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, Frank, this is exciting stuff. Um, we have a one final question. And, um, you know, before you said that, um, you know, the book wasn't written in the, vac- in the vacuum and you gave us some, um, some encouraging things about kingdom cells. But um, if people want to spread the insurgents, what are uh, some things you suggest? Yeah, no, that's a great idea. And I, I, yeah, actually, you could put in your show notes um, five ways to spread the insurgents because I've, okay. re- I've okay. written on that as well. That's, that's a question great. I have gotten from from people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a valid question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, the first thing is, you know, a lot of people won't even know what you're talking about when you say insurgents, right? So you've you've read this book, which uh, which is called Insurgents. And so now, you know, um, you want to share it with other people and they're thinking, okay, well, what's, that's great, but what's the insurgents? (laughs) So, (laughs) so I I think, you know, and, and let me just preface this because some people are just so sensitive. They, they tend to read the worst motives into Mm-hmm. Uh, anything author says, but you know, I don't, yeah. I don't profit personally from my books. And to be quite uh, candid with, with your listeners, um, authors make very little from a book, very yeah. little. Uh, you know, unless you're Rick Warren or Joel Osteen or somebody of that caliber, you're not going to make a whole lot of money on a book. You probably will get less than a dollar for every book that sells. Mm-hmm. The, the publisher gets gets the rest of that. So. Um, but I, I, that's the preface for saying this, that one of the best ways to spread it. And again, this comes back to the idea that a book is still the best way to spread ideas, even beyond blogs, even beyond podcast, it still is the best way to spread ideas. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote it was not only to introduce this cataclysmic message to God's people, but also as a tool to spread. So, you know, the way that, that, that messages take off is word of mouth. Hey, you know, you have to, this book impacted me so deeply, you've got to read it. And that's usually what moves the needle is that kind of a passionate, um, you know, uh, referral. And, and that's how 
that's how the insurgents spreads. There's no question. We have some pastors who have been deeply affected by the book, and so they're buying the book in case, uh, by cases mm-hmm. uh, to their congregations, which is very encouraging to me. Um, and so, you know, the publisher actually has a discount. Uh, there's a link um, that you can find on my blog post, Five Ways to Spread the Insurgents, where uh, anybody in a Bible study, uh, a, a fellowship that meets in a home, a, a, a traditional church, a college organization, what, whatever it is, they can buy the, the book on discount in bulk, even mm-hmm. up to 40%, which is nice. We also have created a new YouTube channel, um, just seeing how many of the youth mm-hmm. uh, and even older folks as well, but yes. particularly the youth use YouTube so often. We've created a new YouTube channel that has an insurgents playlist. And on that playlist, people can uh, listen to the first uh, part of the book. The entire first part, there's six parts, so they get, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, one-sixth of the book. Um, there's conference messages on the insurgents. There's interviews uh, on the insurgents. We also have a, a podcast called the Deeper Journey Podcast that I created just for the Gospel of the Kingdom to present it in, in soundbite form, um, which is basically impossible to do, but it introduces it and, and takes some of the threads from the book. And each episode, with the exception of one, is three minutes long. So <laughs> I designed nice. it for people who don't really like to listen to long-form audio. And they can just, you know, three minutes. Anybody can spare three minutes. Um, and uh, so, and then, of course, creating the Kingdom Cell is another way to spread it. Also, too, I'm, I'm kicking around the idea of holding an insurgents conference. Yes. Either- oh. Either in 2019 or 2020, but I'm looking specifically for a partner who uh, has some built-in things, like a built-in audience and Mm -hmm. access to a building that can hold 500 people, uh, things like that. And that's in Mm -hmm. the uh, five ways to spread the insurgents as well. So, yeah, that blog post, I think I just did a riff on what the blog post is, but they can go into depth in looking at that. Uh, but those are definitely ways that the insurgents can spread. Awesome. We thank you so much for spending the time with us this morning. Unless yes. anybody else has any <clears throat> more questions or if we're out of time, out of time. <laughs> pretty much. But um, <laughs> we do highly recommend insurgents um, to any of our listeners. Yeah. Yes. Um, a beautiful unveiling of the beauty of Christ, um, the powerful gospel of the kingdom, which many may not have heard before. Um, Mm -hmm. It was new to me very recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, the taking action, the practicals are incredibly helpful. So, we recommend it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Frank. Well, thank you all. It was a Mm -hmm. delight. I've I've known about the podcast for a while now, so just being on it has been a great great experience. Well, good. We're glad you think so. I've just struck struck another thing off my bucket list. There you go. (laughs) Hey, so have we. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. All right. That was Frank Viola here on To The Saints Radio. We'll be back with more episodes sometime later. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, we are no, working we towards will. that end. Yes, we are working towards that end. Mm-hmm. And uh, where this was just a special uh, episode that that um, an opportunity that came up, and so we took it. And right. here you are. This is to hold you over for the next few weeks. Still, <laughs> yes, <laughs> come back again. <laughs> so yeah. until next time, Saints. Yeah. This is RC. This is Bridget. This is Allison. This is Tyrone. This is Carrie. And this is Andrew. Bye-bye. <laughs>